Hey all, John Moncrief here and welcome to The Freedom Experience. This is where I share ideas, strategies and techniques that can help you to create a more valuable business. A business that brings you some joy that you're not feeling trapped in and when the time's right that you can sell at a premium. Now after all, isn't that why we all embarked on this entrepreneurial journey? To find a little bit of freedom out there. So this week I'm talking about how to avoid an earnout. Um, I, I was in the park over the weekend doing some social distancing and, and had a chat with uh, a friend and he's looking at, well, he has a, an online gaming business and he is kind of looking to the future and thinking about selling. And one of the things that's been rearing it, its head is this idea of an earnout. And he's worried about what this means for him. So I wanted to tackle that this week and and talk about uh, how, how you can not entirely avoid an earnout, but how you can kind of control your, your earnout. So first of all, let's start with you know, what's an earnout. Fundamentally, an earnout's when the person who's buying your business, so the acquirer, pays you a portion of the deal up front, but holds back a second or third payment contingent on you hitting certain future goals. So you know, those goals might uh, be tied up to your division inside a division of their business. So they might have acquired your business and they've made it a division in their business and the, those goals are tied to the performance of that division. They could be tied to your revenue or features in a product uh, or linked to the smooth transition of a business. So they, they could be tied to a number of, well, number of different things. And usually the buyer has seen some degree of risk in your projections for the future performance of the business and wants to mitigate that risk. So a way to do that is to bridge the gap of your perceived value um, with that of the buyers through an earnout. And typically earnouts are pretty common in service type businesses and they, they can last up to seven years, although three years is about the average. Um, and typically earnout goals are tied to hitting a revenue or profit target somewhere in the future. Uh, you know, it could be the retention of specific customers, uh, as I said before, to software features or product features, uh, the performance of a division, or to any other objective that you agree on with the buyer. So there's many ways that you can con can structure this earnout, uh, but essentially the money's at risk, and in order to receive your payout you have to hit certain goals in the future. And I, I would suggest that you err on the sort of side of simplicity with this. One or two objectives if you're going into an earnout rather than having multiple kind of goals uh, or objectives that you have to hit. So, you know, the big question then is, and, and many owners ask me this, is how do I avoid the earnout? Well, you're probably not gonna be able to avoid it entirely particularly if your business is relatively new, or as I said, in the services business. So these types of businesses are very susceptible to earnouts. But there are some things that you can do to minimize the portion of your deal that gets exposed to an earnout. So get more cash up front, um, or a higher percentage of cash up front, and a smaller earnout percentage, and a smaller earnout sort of period of time, so maybe six months rather than 36 months. And I'm gonna go through those. I'm gonna offer up five of those today. And the first one starts with 
employing a, a second in command as soon as you can, a CEO, a president, a, a managing director. You know, in his book, Rocket Fuel, Gino Wickman refers to an integrator, a person who comes in and, and can take your vision and take the reins of the day-to-day -day sort of control of operations. Now, this gives the acquirer the confidence that while you as the owner are going to be sort of sailing off into the sunset, the business can continue to operate and even thrive without you. And because there's this integrator, this managing director or CEO or president in place, that person is very much in control of the business. So that's number one. Employ a second in command in, in your business as soon as you can. Number two is to build a leadership team. And, and this might not always be possible. You might not be able to afford it. So again, I would kind of revert back to number one. If you, if you have to hire somebody, first prize in building out that leadership is to get that second in command, that integrate in place. And then if you can build out your leadership team, I would look at where your weaknesses are and employ folks into, into those weaknesses. So finance is not good. Get on a, a bring on a, a chief financial officer or even a, a part-time chief financial officer. If marketing's not good, bring on a part-time marketing person or, or part-time marketing officer. So you, you could start building that team with sort of fractional or part-time people as, as you build it out. But certainly building a team over time and getting that team in place and it's going to take you a good few months, a good few, six to 36 months to build out a strong leadership team and a leadership team that the new owner is going to be confident with. Now, the next thing, number three, is to avoid unrealistic projections. So when you present your business to a potential buyer, you're going to go through putting a letter of intent together. And the next thing you're going to do is put some kind of confidential information memorandum together or a SIM. And it's what you use to communicate all your numbers and projections for your business to the potential buyer. And they use, or the buyer, the acquirer uses that as a basis to create their offer to purchase your business. Now, it can be very tempting to kind of stretch your projections here to maximize the value of a com company. The problem is that the savvy acquirer or that acquirer's team of accountants, bookkeepers, lawyers, wh whoever they are, they, they're going to sort of look at these projections and they're either going to pick holes in them or they're going to start thinking about an earnout. So it might go something along these lines. They're not quite confident, so they say, "Well, these are great projections, John. Uh, I'm happy to pay you more for the business if you can reach them." So what they're implying is, you, you've put these projections together. They look uh, they look great, and we're happy to pay you a portion upfront, fifty percent of the business in cash upfront. But the other percentage. Uh, is contingent on you reaching these. And if you've put forward unrealistic projections, you it's very difficult to sort of turn around and say, well, um, these aren't, aren't quite where they need to be because you're undermining the whole deal. You know, you should be saying, well, yeah, that sounds good. 50% uh, upfront, 50% on an earnout. So be very, uh, and be very careful that you avoid unrealistic projections. Now, number four ties to avoiding unrealistic predictions. And that, that is to start early and build a model that's, uh, sorry, is it, to have 
at least three years of audited financials and budgets. So when you're putting your projections together, if you can back them up with at least three years of audited financials and budgets, you provide the acquirer with solid historical financials, financials that are audited, and that demonstrate and show sustainable growth and earnings. And that your your budgets are, are key here because your budgets, if they can show that you've budgeted over the past three years at least, and according to those uh, budgets, you've hit your numbers and that's uh, visible in the financials, it puts you in a much stronger position with your forecasts. Over the last three years, we've, we've budgeted to hit these numbers, we've exceeded these numbers, looking to the future, we're confident that these are the numbers that the business can hit. So having at least three years of audited financials and budgets, and it's really important to have those budgets, uh, certainly puts you in a much stronger position. And then number five is building a model that's based on reliable recurring revenue streams. So you, you wanna look to have revenue from annual maintenance contracts, Returning, ret recurring retainer fees, fees in the services business, annual licenses or, or subscription, and try and find ways that you can productize your services. So you look for opportunities to package up existing services into products. And uh, it, as an example, accounting practice might bundle up some back office services uh, that are like payroll, bookkeeping, monthly financials, tax returns, bring these together into a subscription product. And we're seeing this more and more often where they're charging a, a variable rate for the subscription. So it may start at kind of $24 or pounds a month and go up to a few hundred dollars or pounds a month, depending on the size of the business. But they've taken services that are usually not sort of seen as, as valuable, but are recurring and are easily teachable to their, to their team, to the staff, brought those together package them up, branded them, and are selling them uh, on a subscription basis. So look inside your business for reliable re uh, recurring revenue streams. Uh, and, and that sort of then supports this whole notion of having uh, you, historical budgets and financials uh, aligned with recurrable, uh, recurrable, sorry, reliable recurring revenue, and then that supports your projections going into the future. So in summary, think twice before you suggest kind of hockey stick type growth in your business. Um, make sure what you're projecting is realistic and that you can back it up. And the way to back that up uh, is to have audited financials and to have budgets in place to build recurring revenue streams. And then ultimately to remove reliance or over-reliance on you in the business. And I know this is a lot to take in. Uh, so in my in my upcoming business exit formula program, I'll put the links in the show notes. We really go into this in a huge amount of depth. And if that's some depth and if that's something you're interested in, then uh, the link is there and you can uh, sort of uh, register your intent or register your interest in, in the program. And as I say, we go into a lot of detail on how to deal with earnouts and recurring revenue streams and all those good things. Now, I want to thank you very much for, for listening. Uh, if you have any questions, uh, just drop me a, an email. Uh, my link, uh, the email link's in, in the show notes. 
And if you enjoyed this, then subscribe, share, follow. And if you need some help, I said you can either register interest for the upcoming business exit formula, or you can head over to letsgrowyourbusinessvalue.com.